Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So uh, I don't want to rush us, but I will say that um, Justin is upstairs making 40 gallons of chili and at some point I do have to help him or else he may leave me. (laughs) That's a lot of chili. Nobody's going to ask me why I'm making. We're just going to leave that for our our poor listeners are wondering. I I assume that was going to follow. I I didn't know that was just going to be a standalone statement there. This is the problem with having a show where we really don't we don't set up bits like we decide the obviously what we're going to talk about each week is like our subject matter, but nothing else is decided. It's just all freestyling. And sometimes I try to set it up like, come on, come on, siblings. Ask me the question. Let's let's mentally. I had I had Taylor (laughs) Swift news to share. So when you jumped in with Chili, I was like, I got to redirect my brain here. (laughs) I just woke up. Okay. that's the thing, Sip. You never ease into the episode. We do our intros, and then you just you just pitch something wild every week. Hey, listen. If you all want to take over, you just say it. Like I got no, it this no. Week. It's just no. Just, you know, <laughs> why? why? I, I was still, I was still picked. Uh, there was a mental image of what forty gallons of chili looked like in my head that I was trying to get the wrap around. Yeah. So. We're gonna. He's. He, it's for Chili Fest. It's okay. a festival here of chili. It's a it's a chili based festival. We are. Uh, we have a booth where we will be handing out chili to people and then they pick a winner and it's to raise money for ronald mcdonald house and anyway this is we are we are participating in this chili event and so he's making 40 gallons of chili um i think if you want to explain to me what the heck is happening with taylor swift riley because i because of you i think tiktok surfaces to me (laughs) videos about taylor swift because i like your videos that's why yeah that's why I don't I, it seems to me people want to explain to me a lot of like signals or videos or messages that Taylor Swift might be sending. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of disagreement about that. A lot of disagreement about that. A lot of people go real heavy handed on what they think an Easter egg is. Um, and it just it gets a lot for me even because I can't understand it. That's not my news, though. My news is much simpler to understand. And that's I think Taylor Swift has lost touch with her audience because she has an album coming out a week from today and has done nothing but tell us the track titles. And usually she releases a single as you would expect. Um, She has not done that now. So everyone's like, well, she's not going to, I guess, because now it's the last Friday before the album comes out next Friday. So why would she release one in a week? Um, Then she announced that she has an exclusive reveal of something coming Thursday, but the only way you can watch it is if you watch Thursday night football uh, on NFL or ESPN or whatever. Wait, it'll happen like during football, so you have to be watching it to know it's going to happen. Like, like the announcement it. happened via a, an, a like a sports commentator at a game last night that said you need to watch the Arizona game next Thursday because Taylor Swift will be making a an exclusive reveal. That's it, and then like she shared it. Who um, made that deal? I don't know. I don't know because there was a rumor that maybe because she had a, um, you know, had a deal with Coca-Cola and Pepsi was sponsoring the NFL for a long time. That's why she never did the halftime show. So people thought now that NFL is being sponsored by someone else for the Super Bowl, she might do the halftime show. Now we know that's not true because Rihanna is doing it, I believe. Um, so it makes no sense. Like, I, why of all the people that think they're 
their fans might be watching football on a Thursday night. She's got to know it's not hers. Yeah, That's I don't. I would strange. not. Yeah, I know. I don't know what to say about that. I would not imagine there's a big. I mean, obviously, there, I'm certain there are people exist who listen to Taylor Swift and watch football. There are people of all kinds who exist. That overlap of the Venn diagram though can't be big. Yeah, I wouldn't think like demographics wise yeah. it would be your target audience. Maybe I'll, she's gotten really into football and she's <laughs> just trying to get y'all on board. Yeah, I mean, is she, is she like? Is Taylor Swift canonically a big football fan? Not that I'm aware of. I don't believe that's in the canon. <laughs> um, but all I can guess is it has been rumored for many weeks now that she's announcing her next big stadium tour. Mm-hmm. And people think that maybe she's using a stadium where she might do a show to announce a stadium tour. That's all people can guess. All I know is I will be home on Thursday and dad watches Thursday night football. So I, I guess I've lucked out in that I don't have to find a way to bootleg some espn i can but you it, know tell dad i want to watch football with <laughs> is it a team sheet or a state or like something she has a connection to i mean that's the other thing i'm trying to figure out like why that location is that i have no idea i don't even know well, who arizona is playing she's from pennsylvania and uh you know did her music stuff in tennessee so i, I don't know i don't know i don't mm. i am baffled um that is not what I was getting surfaced on TikTok. That's other drama. Yeah, there's a whole lot of other stuff happening um, that mm-hmm. I didn't even want to get into, like watching TikToks myself, because it's just a lot. I just wanted uh, to know if we were going to get a single and everyone was theorizing that we might. And now that we haven't, that's all I cared about. So now I'm just waiting for the album to come out. I didn't watch the TikToks because the first one I watched, I was waiting for them to explain the drama to me. And instead, they all seem to be prefaced on the idea that me, the viewer, knows the drama and I'm just hearing their like commentary on the drama. And I don't. And so, like, I stopped engaging with it in hopes that TikTok would get the message and stop servicing it to me. (laughs) Like, I'm not liking any of these. Don't tell me. I, I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Please, please return to. I the would, TikToks that I enjoy. I'm not even going to share what TikToks I enjoy because then you two are going to make fun of me about it and I'm just not. What TikToks do you enjoy, Sid? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about TikToks I enjoy. What TikToks do you enjoy? Um, I like... I, I'm not going to. I don't, I don't want to review... This too personal. TikTok knows too much about me and it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about. <laughs> I want to know what TikToks you like. I don't feel like it. Like, what are... I don't think they're cool TikToks to have pitched to you. I think it's all just sort of a weird, like, I I, I like, there's one, I, well, there's a couple people that have little jumping spiders and they make silly voices with the jumping spiders. That's my mm-hmm. favorite thing. So that's where I'm at. I mean, it's well established. Mine is full of Taylor Swift conspiracies, which I wouldn't argue is like cool. I like pimple popping TikToks, okay? Oh, that is the worst thing you could say. I'm sorry. I was good. I was so ready to be supportive. I'm so sorry. Sid. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm a physician. Oh. Well, I'm, that doesn't mean I, you have to watch in your free time. I was wondering what the audience I mean, was those for those was. I guess that's I, you. Okay, maybe that's, that's not, why I'm, I've gotten them surfaced to me because it's what you like and I like your videos whenever you post them. I, it's not like a hundred percent. Like that's not all of my TikTok. I get lots of Zodiac content, 
and I enjoy that because uh, Charlene Cooper used my TikTok sometimes like just to look at um, I get a lot of makeup videos because of that mm. especially like either scary makeup or like like not just like makeup you know what I mean like people who are trying to do like I'm a character or I'm trying to like Zodiac makeup because of that overlap <laughs> I get a lot of those like this is my Aries makeup that that kind of look and you know yeah sometimes it involves prosthetics and headpieces and things it's not always just like what I think of as day-to-day makeup mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah well and then there's this one TikToker who does this whole series uh, that she's running a lesbian B&B and oh, she's yeah. like checking you in I, I get, get a, I get all of her videos and I love those I've not seen that yeah that's an interesting for you page you have uh, curated there, Sid. Zodiac and pimple popping and lesbians. There you go. Well, that's it. There we go. Now I've revealed my true self. Um, <laughs> um, we don't. I'm I'm done with the uh, charade of pretending I'm someone else. I will reveal my my true intentions. Ah, speaking ah. of of. Revealing your true intentions. Hey, there you go. Let's talk about do revenge. Hey, because picked up on that. Look at that. See, we didn't plan that, and you found you found the thread. There we go. Um, working on those segues, getting better at them. Only it took six and a half years. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to talk about do revenge because I know it's not. I know it's spooky season, but this movie came out right after I'd done my last episode, and it just felt like too relevant right now. And too much like something we needed to talk about for us to not talk about it as soon as possible. It's funny because since it is spooky season and it has the word revenge in the title, <laughs> I did I did assume going in like people are going to get murdered. Now, so I said up front on the on last week's episode, it's not technically spooky, but it is about teenage girls, and those are scary to me. Yes, that's. What's I just scary thought about it. I don't know. I thought that it was going to escalate to murder. I thought it was like. Heathers, mm. but it well, was more mean, more of the mean girls than Heathers sort of direction. It does have some Heathers vibes, though. Yeah, I mean, it's got the intensity of Heathers minus the murder. That's fair. Um, I guess as a brief plot overview before we get into discussing it, Do Revenge is about um, Maya Hawk and Camilla Mendez a.k.a. Veronica from Riverdale and um, Robin from Stranger Things. Oh, that's Veronica from yes. Riverdale. Yes. Okay. I knew I had seen her in something before. I watched like one episode of Riverdale yeah. once. That's Veronica from Riverdale. <laughs> um, I'm glad she's getting some work that's not Riverdale. Uh, Although she's still the same character. She's still the same character. Fine. Yeah. It does. I, having not watched Riverdale, but having read almost every Archie comic that's ever been created, I, I get Veronica vibes. Although, I just want to say, and we won't we won't talk about Riverdale too long, I'm on a TikTok now that it's a guy who summarizes what happens on Riverdale every week, because I haven't seen it since the first season. There's, like, they all have superpowers now, and some of them died and came back to life, and then it, like, mm-hmm. went back to, like, Salem Witch Trial eras or something like that, and Cheryl Blossom is, like, a spirit that was never really Cheryl Blossom I don't know it's gone completely <laughs> off the rails I don't know what's happening over there anymore yeah um, I've, I've read some summaries that I'm like what now 
yeah i it's hard for me to believe but then i watch actual clips from it it's like oh no that's that's accurate that is what's happening did archie go to war yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah <laughs> Um, anyway, well, this is not about anyways. Riverdale. I just needed to know if Archie went to war. Archie went to that, war. I think that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that happened once in a life with Archie, or one of the Archie married. Anyway, I think you're right. I think that has happened in the books too, but I don't think they were staying canon though with that one. Archie um, went to war. Anyway, anyways, do revenge is about um, Drea and Nora. There you go, Drea and Nora. Um, they are two girls who both get screwed over basically by two different people and then they meet and want to do each other's revenge to try to get back at the people that embarrass them or hurt them um and no one is supposed to know their friends so that they can you know carry out these secret revenge plots without people knowing they're working together and hijinks ensue um I, you know, I think they do a really good job of concealing I mean like obviously we're spoiling the yeah we the are going to spoil it so. They do so secretly. Eleanor, aka Nora, her her revenge is actually against um, Drea. Drea, because uh, a long time ago, Drea. I mean, it was pretty terrible. Outed yeah. her yeah. and made her out to be a sexual predator. Um, yeah, and d- has no memory of it. And so secretly she's been seeking revenge on her the whole time, which I feel like they concealed pretty well. I, I did have a sense. some I was missing something about her. Like there was definitely an edge, like something's off. Um, but I thought they did a pretty good job of, of making that a surprise. Yeah, um, I agree. I had no idea. Uh, uh, the only thing that I questioned was right when you first meet Eleanor, she's like doing the narration and saying she's you know about to become best friends with drea and drea doesn't know it yet um so there's kind of an like question of why are you going to become friends with this girl but then so much happens it was easy for me to forget she ever said that so when mm-hmm. it's revealed that she's uh she's been the one doing all the things that drea thought her ex-boyfriend had done and do, had been the one you know trying to make her life harder i mm-hmm. was surprised Um, I was really happy that uh, y- you worry, at least for me, the whole movie that the ex-boyfriend's not going to get his comeuppance. Yeah, uh, I do think it's because I think what we have to talk about is that so much of this movie is like homage to other 90s teen movies. Like there's a moment where Dre is standing in the hallway and all the girls are losing their minds over the texts that have been sent out between what is his name max uh, max yeah i was getting him confused he's also in euphoria and his name's ethan i want to call him ethan mm. um all the texts that max sends and she's just standing there in the hallway watching like all this chaos happen like that is the exact scene from mean girls when the burn mm. book gets released and everyone's freaking out in the hallway and like things start catching on fire um mm-hmm. it's basically like you took all a whole bunch of ideas from heather's clueless mean girls 10 things I hate about you. I mean, all of it. And then just like put it in 2022. Um, so that is a big moment when uh, the very modern version of the awful, you know, ex-boyfriend gets, gets his. I love how they costume him. Like, mm-hmm. and it, like he has painted nails mm-hmm. and he's got very like kind of edgy and sometimes like, I don't know, it's like a little like, gender play clothing like it's like but he's still he's still a 
like an awful dude. It's just yeah. fashion, mm-hmm. which is what it is now. But yeah, I, I appreciated it, that. Kind of a kind of like I felt like they were vaguely referencing Harry Styles sometimes with his look. Yeah, <laughs> like not that. to that extreme, but like just this like sort of vague nod to like this is cool now. This is what cool is now. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's interesting to see it in that sort of like the evolution of that kind of movie. Like in Heather's, it's very much like they're the popular girls who are just very one dimensional. They're evil. They must be killed. They must be stopped. And so the girl who like is sort of the not in with them, in with them, but not in with them gets to like kill them. Mm-hmm. It's very straightforward kind of revenge ty- type of thing to mean girls where you have this sort of like the unpopular girl becomes the mean girl. Like we can all be mean girl. Maybe we all have the ability to be nice and mean like this sort of like evolution of that concept yeah. to this where like everybody is kind of horrible, but also ha- people have been horrible to them, and then they're all okay with it by the end. Like everybody kind of turns out okay. Yeah. Even Max is like in a support group for toxic ma- masculinity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know how much I love the ending. I will say I was really into it up until like the very very end. Um, because I didn't think that Drea should have gotten that guy back, the, the British guy with the blue hair, Mm -hmm. um, after she like got his, you know, best friend, I arrested question mark, but are we supposed to think that because she lives in this area of California, that's like super wealthy. She didn't actually go to prison. She went to some fancy like spa rehab place where Sophie Turner also was. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I I liked the ending because I, I ultimately liked both characters and I didn't mm-hmm. want bad things to happen to them. But it was a little, like, between what each of them did, like, Drea got, yeah, she got that girl expelled. Mm-hmm. And she also outed uh, Eleanor. Yeah. And then forgot about it, which I think is pretty heinous, too. And it's kind of, like, just, like, not, like, oh, yeah, I just forgot. Whereas compared to Eleanor, who I... I mean, because she didn't, the video was shared by her ex-boyfriend. Like, that was mm-hmm. who started that. Yeah. So. Uh, was it? Because there's yeah. a very brief clip they show when they're going back through Nora, like, telling her whole story of how she went to camp, where she's sitting there waiting at tennis camp to, like, go up, and she has an email on her phone typed out that's like, you won't believe this tennis coach, blah, 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 blah and then sends it out of her email. She sent it to Erica. Oh, Okay. Okay. Who got? Who then got kicked out? Who then got arrested for coke? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah, that was her ex-boyfriend. She, yeah. So, like, so Drea put her in rehab and Carissa and outed Nora. Although, can I just say that Sophie Turner being in this movie for a total of like ninety seconds, just for her to yell in Drea's face? I don't do cocaine was one of the best moments in recent media history. <laughs> Who is she? She's from Game of Thrones. Also Joe Jonas's oh. wife. Oh, okay. So she's I, like, I know who she like was. big actress. And when I saw her in the movie, I was like, oh, she's going to play a big part. No. <laughs> I was really surprised. Yeah, that she played. I mean, she's great in it, but it is a bit part. But also yeah. I forget because she's, I, I know her from Game of Thrones where there are so many big 
actors, like tall, mm-hmm. I mean, physically big. Uh, and, and she's so tall that she she's just so towered tall. over this movie. And I did not realize she was that tall. Because yeah. I've only seen her in Game of Thrones, where she's <laughs> short compared to everybody. I only knew okay. that because I'd seen her next to Joe Jonas, who, you know, she towers over him also. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. She's, you know, that makes sense. She's not in the movie very much, but they do they do linger on her longer than I feel like the plot needed. And now that I know she's a she's a famous person, I yeah. understand. I, I thought, because there were moments, that was the only, like, as a movie, I really enjoyed it overall. It's in that same vibe. If you like movies like we've referenced, Heathers and Mean Girls and that kind of thing, I think you'd like this movie. It's a very much in that same sort of mold, and mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Um, I I did think it was a little long, like in draggy at moments like that's fair they just took a lot of time to get to where they were going yeah riley have you ever seen jawbreaker no okay I you should if you like this worry. you should watch that said of you that's enough that's Mm-mm. from the 90s and it's a bit of a, a a same kind of dark higher stakes teen girl movie um mm-hmm. okay where an uncool girl is made a cool girl for devious reasons mm-hmm. uh but had similar to those vibes um which yeah, there's not. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it's it's definitely like it it's territory worth continuing to explore because our concept of teenagers keeps evolving, and so there I I think it's always interesting to take a sort of like hard edge approach of like look at how uh, real <laughs> stuff gets at that age. We kind of assume it doesn't, except no, it totally does. Yeah, and adults forget. Yeah. I also like that, I don't know, I, I obviously couldn't relate to it, but the whole setting it's in of like this extremely wealthy area where everyone's parent is like a politician or, you know, a mm-hmm. doctor or something. I don't know. And like they all know each other and everyone just has like insane amounts of money. Um, I I did like that setting for it because it gave almost everyone in the movie an edge of like, I don't know if this person is necessarily like that good of a person. You know how some of like the older, like mean girls, it was almost like mm-hmm. there were the good people and the bad people and Katie accidentally became a bad person, but now she's a good person again. And this was very much like, I don't know if there's anyone in this movie that's like not a little bit, eh, which I like, cause that's more realistic to like being in a high school surrounded by people where everyone can do bad things. I guess Russ is sort of, Yeah. I don't know, and like Carissa and, was growing drugs, but <laughs> I can know. I say that was like the most obvious when they show her going in the big secret really, greenhouse? I can't believe she really had drugs in there. I thought like there's no way, there's no way she's growing. Oh, <laughs> she's growing drugs. Um, but who cares? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's I, like also they're in California. Like I know it's on school property, but like, is it that? Is that big of a deal? Yeah, maybe there's different legislation between marijuana and and shrooms. Because I think oh, shrooms. I yeah. guess that's the thing. I forgot I mean, she had those. Again, like Drea, it's Drea's plot to dose the entire <laughs> class with shrooms. That's it, this is definitely a, a slightly outside of reality. Consequentially, we're dealing with here because yeah. that is not something you would you would just do and be like, oh well, I apologize. And the boy's like, well, as long as you told the truth, we can date again. That's fine. Well, and the obvious like method of revenge there is you tip off like the principal or headmaster or whatever headmaster Sarah Michelle Geller about the drugs in the greenhouse. 
I did not think the obvious route for revenge there is let's steal her shrooms, dose the entire class in public, and then they'll go look in her greenhouse because they'll know she's the one that made the food. Like, what? Yeah. Well, but you needed the 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 boy dose so you could steal his phone. <laughs> yes. It's true. That was the, that was the excuse. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Sarah Michelle Gellar in yes. the movie. I also want to talk about the um, conspicuous lack of adults otherwise. Mm. But, <laughs> but before we do that, let's check the group message. Um, I want to talk to you all about my pits, my armpits. <laughs> all right. Okay. And what I what I put on them, um, because I really like Native, and I use their products on all over my body. But I especially love their deodorant, and that's what you know them for is their aluminum free deodorant that has a very bare naked ingredients list. Ooh, um, but ingredients you're gonna read and know what you're looking at like coconut oil shea butter and baking soda so not a long list of a bunch of things you can't pronounce and it is designed to provide 72 hour odor protection with naturally derived ingredients and a smooth residue free application which is very important to me as someone who habitually forgets to put on deodorant until after i've put all my clothes on and i have to do like the reach under to put it on i don't have to worry about getting it all over my clothes um and then there's a scent option for everyone, of course. If you want to smell spicy and woodsy or clean and fresh, um, they have some available limited edition scents, like their cabin collection of warm cider and cinnamon, cashmere and rain, toasted marshmallow and vanilla, and wildwood and cardamom, which uh, I have tried the toasted marshmallow and vanilla in the past, and it smells exactly like it sounds. They all smell delicious um, and make you smell delicious. So I highly recommend native deodorant and products and try out those fun cabin scents now that we're in the, the cozy season. So Tay, if our listeners also want to check them out, what should they do? Smell and feel fresh all day long with native. Get 20% off your first order by going to nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout. That's nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout for 20% off your first order. So I like cereal. My kids like cereal. My husband loves cereal. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I always think of like cereal as uh, when I think about cereal, I think about uh, remember when Calvin and Calvin and Hobbes used to like watch cartoons on Saturday morning and eat like they made up a cereal that he like ate like chocolate frosted cocoa bombs or sugar bombs or something <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I think of with cereal. I think of like Saturday morning cartoons and treating yourself uh, to something yummy um and then as uh, you know as a grown-up or like as a parent i'm supposed to like eat something uh that has more protein and stuff in it and isn't just isn't just sugar um and magic spoon is here to rescue me so i can still have those uh warm cozy childhood uh memories of eating something tasty uh, in a bowl in front of the cartoon but um at the same time feel a little bit better about what i'm eating they've replicated your favorite childhood cereals to taste good and uh, have some protein and stuff in there for you. Each serving contains zero grams of sugar and over 13 grams of protein. So Magic Spoon knows you want your cereal to taste good. You want it to be a treat for you. Um, But at the same time, you know, we we don't want all that sugar and we need a little protein in there. Um, It's also uh, gluten-free. It's grain-free. 
It's soy-free, so if you have specific restrictions, uh, Magic Spoon has you covered. And um, they've got all kinds of flavors. They've got cocoa. They've got blueberry muffin. They've got cinnamon roll. They have a a bunch of wonderful flavors. You can mix them together, create your own box. Um, We love Magic Spoon here, and I think you would love Magic Spoon too. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Magic Spoon, what should they do? Well, they should head to magicspoon.com slash buffering to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. And be sure to use our promo code buffering at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash buffering and use the code buffering to save $5. Um, I just want to say I really appreciated the whole series where our two main characters were talking about how hot Sarah Michelle Gellar, the headmaster, is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... When she popped up in the movie, I was like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. thousand percent more on board. I, she she yeah. brings a really, a really uh, strong energy to every scene. She's very powerful. Um, and I don't know, like... I'm assuming that they were recognizing that there would be viewers like myself who I'm of an age that when she comes, when I, when she appears, I'm like, oh, good. Buffy's here. (laughs) Buffy will save us. (laughs) Buffy will make it right. Um, So I already associate her with a lot of strength and power. And then she's the headmaster and she's the boss. I I very much appreciate that. Like, you know, it's Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's Buffy. Buffy's here. He just has such perfect energy for that role. Of just, mm-hmm. like, constantly kind of intimidating, but also in, like, a, a kind way, but also can be, like, super powerful and bad intimidating if needed. Her little you, her little tree. She You also get the sense, yeah. unlike in a lot of these movies, you have, um, like, the adults who are clueless, who have no idea that like who are like it's just high school kids like what you have a crush what's wrong Mm -hmm. you know like there's those adults and then there are the adults who are like malicious the bat like sometimes in the movies they have like the the bad teacher who Mm -hmm. assumes all the kids are terrible like you're all a bunch of you know hooligans or whatever and like hates children and like usually that's where adults are they're one of the two things and it's rare that you get an adult who's like i know what you all are up to like i know how bad (laughs) this stuff gets um but i'm very realistic about it and can also talk like when she talks about like trauma and resilience like i get it um but my job is to try to keep you in line and get you into college as much as possible i don't know it was Mm -hmm. it was a refreshing sort of take on an adult well it really did feel kind of like a grown-up buffy (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. it did a little i don't know i mean it's just she, whatever she's talking about, whatever she's gone through to learn all those lessons, it's like, maybe it was killing a bunch of vampires. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and as you kind of alluded to earlier, she kind of is the only adult that is, like, consistently in the film, which mm-hmm. I think, again, where they are does a good job of maybe explaining that, even though it seems a little, like, there's not an adult anywhere ever. There should be one parent somewhere. But I guess because they're all, like super high-powered individuals or whatever we're supposed to believe they're always traveling and working and you know not really present for their kids and the only family or only kid who doesn't have parents like that is drea um and she says her mom is working all of the time because she's a you know single parent she works a lot of hours um 
I, I wondered if that was trying to, because I thought it was kind of conspicuous. The fact that like there never are grownups in this movie. Mm-hmm. They're never involved. And they just have a lot of parties and like, like they have sex and do drugs and like, no, but there's never a grown, there's never the threat of an adult presence. And like, I, I know how old that makes me sound, but it's just like, I, I would see these, these kids these, these days. <laughs> well, I would see these teenagers <laughs> in bed together and think like, aren't they worried? Like, is no one concerned that an adult is going to walk in at any moment? Like nobody is ever worried about an adult walking in. And it was just like, I don't know. That's that that is so weird because even in old teen movies, you would see that sort of like there was the threat of uh oh, mom and dad are home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's a case of a sort of like heightened reality or sort of cartoonish reality that they've just chosen to set the movie in, or is life just like that when you're really really rich? I, it it could be either one. <laughs> it it may be. I mean, it did it did give me the sense. And I, I don't know if this was because like there are there is so much of the plot that is like related to social media and like your appearance and like the video was shared that way. You know, like a lot of the way that they destroy people other than like the drugs has to do with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if that's to echo like how isolating that can be, you know, mm. that like kids exist on social media in complete isolation from their parents. Yeah, they don't have an adult or a guardian to help them in those situations. Like they're out there on their own doing whatever the heck they're doing. That's fair. Um, I do think it says something though about what we see is like the toxic male. Now it's not like you would have seen in you know some of the older teen movies. Um, now he like runs the what does he call it the cis hetero male. <laughs> club for female identifying students god that was so good or something like that like he's he's up there as like this symbol for supporting women and respecting women and encouraging all the boys mm-hmm. at the school to do the same and um you know secretly obviously he's like an awful person who doesn't respect women and treats them all horribly uh it 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 definitely like there, there's that sort of cynicism to it which i think is like i usually shy away from cynicism but i think it's kind of fair in the sense that, like, in old movies like this, definitely, like, the bad guy. Like, you think about the 80s bad boy. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, you know, you know, the popped collar on his polo shirt. And he's, pro- he, like, even back then, like, he had a sweater tied around his shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he was very rich and very, like, much a jerk. But he was just, like, your classic toxic guy like just alpha guy i mean outwardly disrespectful to women (laughs) yes like like cause them chicks and babes and stuff and Mm -hmm. i don't know like that was very much it and like the the idea that like this is what that looks like now but it's the same thing yeah like it's just it's the like the costuming is different and he uses different words so that but like his goal is the same Mm -hmm. um it's it's cynical but I mean, probably accurate, I would guess. Yeah. I also absolutely loved that they're, because he's dating Drea's old best friend. um, Mm -hmm. And Tara. Yes. And when it comes out that he's been like hooking up with like dozens of girls in the school and all these text messages to get sent out, they come up with this plan for them and all their friends to tell people that they're, well, they ethically non monogamous. Is that what Mm -hmm. they say? Which is just. 
wild. Like the the fact that this is now a, the era of teen movies where it's just like that's you know that's that's how you cover up the awful things he's done is you just tell people that they're poly and you know that's that's okay. It just that. I was dying at that part, laughing at them going around and telling all the various like clicks of people. Don't worry. It's not cheating. They're just Polly. Which I would like to clarify. He was cheating. They were yeah. not polyamorous. That's this not was what not, polyamorous is. Yeah, they were yeah. not actually Polly. They just, he was cheating and she didn't want it to look like he was because she didn't want to ruin their social status. It, it was in fact unethical non-monogamy. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's another thing that they sort of kind of, uh, by the end, there's so much redemption. When she shared those texts, when they both did together, mm-hmm. all of the all of the women, like, there were, they showed enough of the text messages in the movie that you knew there were sort of at least partially nude pictures mm-hmm. of women among those pictures. It may be completely, I mean, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't, there may have been other sex videos we don't really know what the content was but we know women were in them and all of those women were also like exposed that way to all of the student body yeah and you can only imagine when he was going around telling people like oh no i'm just Polly," and everybody was fine like everybody was okay with this there were probably a good number of them who were like i mean i wasn't (laughs) like i wasn't okay i didn't you know that was not something i signed up for but where you don't hear that voice well and the, yeah. i mean the, the the premise of the whole movie starts with what happens to drea and then i mean it is downplayed but presumably drea then did it they both did eleanor and Drea, to a bunch of other girls pretty much yeah. the same thing which is kind of the um the, the blue-haired dude uh russ yeah he, he points it out to Drea mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you didn't think about that and it's so it, it's mentioned and she's kind of like oh right like sad about it for a second and then it's like that's all we're, we're not going to come back to that yeah <laughs> which again well, I, I think the whole movie is it's it is like Heather's in that it's kind of we're not really existing in reality here mm-hmm. everything's a little heightened everything's a little removed yeah and I think I think they could have you know the okay that big party at the end of the year that they all go to. The admissions party. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is because they all got into Ivy League schools. Mm-hmm. All of the all of the people attending this party, we are supposed to believe, got into Ivy League schools. And we have seen most of them do absolutely terrible things. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple of them admit to being sociopaths, whether mm-hmm. or not they actually diagnostically are, like they feel that they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they identify with sociopathy. <laughs> One, whatever that means mm-hmm. to them. We've seen this. And then they're all going to Ivy League schools. And with the exception of like Drea making the choice not to. Mm-hmm. There's kind of like I feel like there was a moment for like and now all these people get to make all the rules for the world. Like they're going to get these amazing degrees, amazing opportunities, make amazing connections and go on to rule the next generation. And that's just kind of like there that, so that, yeah that's how how it works yeah i know but we could make like that that could be recognized we could like that you can say that like say it really clearly well i, I mean i i do think in an era it. in an era post you know operation varsity blues um you know post aunt becky going to prison i think like that's <laughs> that storyline enough of all of these people 
who the only thing we know about all of them for sure is they all have a lot of money and a lot of connections. Like the fact that all of them get into an Ivy League school, that's just like, well, yeah, I mean, it probably has nothing to do with their grades or abilities and everything to do with who their parents know, um, which isn't unrealistic. Again, it's it's heightened. Like, I don't yeah. think there's actually a school where probably everyone is going to an Ivy League. Well, I don't know. Maybe there is. I don't know. But I'm, I'm sure there are. Yeah. I just I don't I don't live in that. Go there. I don't live in that part of society. Um, <laughs> we don't. They, they don't exist in West Virginia. I'll tell no. you that. <laughs> Maybe maybe in California, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, that's the whole thing is the only thing we know for sure about everyone in this school, even the people we don't meet, is all of their parents have a lot of money and power, presumably. I feel like that is the, the, the one caveat to the fact that maybe Drea has done the most offenses, but she's also the scholarship kid who comes from, like, hardworking people. So there's a part mm-hmm. of me that's like, I don't really care. Do whatever you do, whatever you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think they're banking on that. I think I I feel like the movie depends on you feeling that way a bit about her and then also recognizing how like the thing that Max did to her is really horrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing that she did to Eleanor was really Really horrible. horrible. Yeah. And it I think you need the like that and the fact that Drea has had to struggle so hard to get where she was. I think you need that to try to follow the characters through their redemption. That like they they're banking on you feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Which I mean I I I did. Like I liked them. Mm -hmm. I mean it helps that they're both very talented actors who are enjoyable to watch on screen. I did see Um, a lot of tweets though in the vein of it was like awful for them to put the two of them in these places together and have all these moments together and then not have them kiss at any point <laughs> i felt, there was so I, much tension between them the whole time i felt that i was that okay so was that other I don't people think, have i i, I don't think that, that was intentional was... i don't think we're supposed to think for any reason that drea is queer obviously eleanor is um but i just think that's because they're two you know great actresses that have these moments together and a lot of people just wanted to see them kiss yeah i think that's maybe that's why they had the but Max's little sister, the, the girl mm-hmm. that Eleanor ends up with, you yeah. see the throw another girl. We need to have uh, something gay happen here. Just to, <laughs> there has oh, to be something gay. <laughs> and they waited until during the credits to give us, you know, an actual like scene with them. Well, they kissed when they on her birthday. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, the last thing I need to talk about is the fashion in this movie. Yeah, because the costumes the uniforms they wear at this school are just perfect just weird pastel mm-hmm. capes and berets like yeah it's like intense. it's all lavender and light green and like yeah blue, i got i don't know but yeah they all have little capes and berets and like the shirts and plaid skirts and it is just magical to look at i i felt like there were moments i felt like at times that the um their uniforms and some of the fashion was a bit of a, a wink to Clueless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was just a little bit of a, we see you, Clueless. Yeah. We remember you. We, we know that you were you were part of what brought us to this moment. Yeah. We know that you were there. I felt like, like you said, the scene there was the one scene that was very reminiscent of the burn book scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like we could probably, like if I watched it again, I feel like you could find just little, little nods to the history of like, especially teen girl movies that mm-hmm. sort of led to this movie. I feel like there was probably all of that there. That yeah. final outfit that uh, um, Eleanor wears, that orange, iridescent orange 
suit thing. Yes. I just felt like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion to yes. me. <laughs> it did. It did. And it. Um, I also felt like uh, Russ on his motorcycle and um, Drea coming out of the school all flustered and him standing there looking cool with like his leather jacket and his motorcycle it gave me very strong Heather vibes. Mm-hmm. Heather's vibes. Like, there's oh, there's Christian Slater. Oh, okay. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, all of Eleanor's outfits, really, once she has, like, the quote-unquote makeover, which I like that they say, like, oh, that's so problematic. But, oh, it's so fun. Like, that was very clueless also. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're the new unpopular kid. Let me make you over and make you popular. Mm-hmm. Um, all of her outfits, even when she hits Drea with her car, and then is like, mm-hmm. I went home and had a costume change after I hit you with my car to come visit you in the hospital. <laughs> I do like all the zippers uh, on that one, though. Yeah. <laughs> all of her looks were very good. That really bright, like, full body. I think it was a dress. Like, very colorful that she wears to go visit Drea in the hospital oh, yeah. after mm-hmm. she hit her with her car. All of those fits. The stripey one. Yeah. So good. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. I, I want to say, I just this is just for me, the the setup of the, mm-hmm. this last party they're all going to have, and they hide their phones, and it's the most debaucherous, ridiculous, the delivery on that, where, oh, we're, we got a big pool of champagne, and then these two guys are punching each other, and then some witches are, are at a table. <laughs> I don't know what they wanted us to do with that. That moment to me was like, is this debauchery? Because this was every slumber party I had. Uh, yeah. The Instagram witches, like the astrology, whatever, like that's mm-hmm. how the Max's sister yeah. introduces them. That has to be like a little bit of like, this is the craft of the craft we're in 2022, right? Yeah, that was the craft. And, and very yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also they they didn't do any magic. No. <laughs> no. Unless you unless you consider that you know maybe there's another movie happening here, after the texts are revealed, and like Max starts this polyamory pitch, mm-hmm. the the one lead witch I forget her name. Mm. He, they say her name. They just call yeah. her. They say her name up front yeah. and then call her the Instagram witch like <laughs> ten the, different times. The her, uh, she looks at at her. I assume her coven and says. <laughs> tonight we have some magic to do girls and then by the end of the movie we do see max pay so maybe there's another movie happening here none of it was drea and eleanor actually yeah i'm just saying that's the halloween movie we need yes i would love to see that movie if like there was if, if you could see this story from every different clicks point of view yeah I, I'd watch those movies. The way they portrayed the, uh, I assume the show choir slash theater click because they're playing Zip Zap Zop at one point <laughs> on the lawn. Oh yeah, um, don't they call them the edgy theater kids? Yes, you're right. <laughs> that was that also felt very like mm-hmm, yeah. You yeah. see, you see us. It, that's accurate. Um, well, well, thank anyway, you all for I, watching this. I really, really enjoyed it just because you all introduced me to so many of the classic teen girl movies. This felt like in homage to all of them while also mm-hmm. being very uh, my generation yeah no i enjoyed it i i really did enjoy it i had intended to watch it anyway and i liked it and yeah. um it's on netflix yes there um, um what's next sydney oh i'm next uh yeah. so we saw sarah michelle geller in this and um i love her and it is 
spooky season. We have done Buffy before, so we can't talk about Buffy. I mean, we could, but that doesn't seem right. Um, I could always talk about Buffy. But uh, instead, we're going to talk about I Know What You Did Last Summer, another Sarah Michelle Gellar um, classic. Scary teen slasher flick. I haven't seen it before, so I'm excited. Um. Well, thank you both. Thank you, listeners. Um, you can go to MaximumFun.org if there are other... It, we know there are other podcasts you'd enjoy. You don't have to wonder. There are great shows. Go check it out. Um, and you can tweet at us at StillBuff, and you can email us at StillBuffering.MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am... am also the soundtrack for this movie that they close on that Meredith Brooks song uh, you know that was the curse of our generation every like basic girls number one karaoke song and now it will be born again <laughs> I love I love that and I love the um, orchestral version of how bizarre <laughs> her majesty served Great Britain and the Commonwealth loyally for over 70 years and while of course we feel a profound sadness we must remember she lived a long life and died in such a way that i think many of us would want for ourselves she was at home surrounded by her family and of course she was listening to the beef and dairy network podcast The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award-winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.